Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, it's Nikki. And today we are throwing back all the way to episode 34 to bring this to life for our new healthcare sub-series. So today we are going to feature Steve Long, who is with Hancock Hospital. He's a people-first president and CEO, very passionate about culture. And we thought it's super relevant for right now to tap into the key takeaways of his message around building a mission that employees follow. And he talks about how to hire those game changer people and how to set goals and track progress where people are bought in and and really a system for that. And then how to build employee ownership, all the things that many times we're working on in Q1 as we're ramping our strategy and really getting that fire going into the new year. So we thought it was a great episode to throw back. So we hope you enjoy. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. So we've all heard the saying that employees don't quit companies, they quit bosses. Well, it's true. 75% of voluntary turnover is due to crummy leaders or let's call it lack of connection between leader and team member. Employees want to know that they have a leader who gets them. And if we have leaders and team members who really get each other, most every problem can be solved in a positive way. Well, the gentleman on the show today has created an organization of care from leadership through the employees to the patients they serve. Steve Long is the president and CEO of Hancock Regional Hospital. He is passionate about bringing care into the leadership and building a tribe of leaders who truly connect with their team members. Okay, I'm ready to dive right in with Steve. So for those closest to him and his leadership, they talk about his care for the Hancock Regional Hospital organization and the employees and the very unique culture that has been grown under his leadership. He has created a core of caring and a mission that inspires the people who serve at the hospital. Steve, welcome to the show. And these go so fast. So we're just going to dive right in. When you think of the most important quality of a leader, what comes to mind? Well, you know, the the most important thing in my mind is character. And I can tell you that I I have seen many professional careers through the the course of my own career, through the course of many, many years. And people rarely fail professionally because of their, their abilities or their skills, but they often fail because their character. And so as a leader, how do you influence and shape the character of your people? Well, I, I tell you, we actually do this in every new employee orientation. And I use the analogy. So actually, if you can picture in your mind that an apple tree and on this apple tree, the fruit or the apples are the achievements. So for us, there are things like the, the new wellness centers that we built, or our new population health initiative, or maybe a new wing on the hospital. And we explain that, that those achievements rarely happen by accident, that they are usually based on the strategic plans that we have, which are like the branches of the tree. And those plans are based on our mission, our vision, and our values. And those are like the trunk of the tree. But the thing that we all know is that what actually holds a tree up are the roots. And that the character qualities of the people that we invite to join our Hancock family are the roots of the tree. That's great. So I'm going to have, I'm going to go just a little deep on this. We're going to spend quite a bit of time talking about the crafting of a mission that inspires because I know you all have done that really well. So we'll get there in just a minute, but let's talk about when you recruit new leaders, when you, when your leaders recruit new team members, talk about that interviewing process and what you're looking for as far as character. 
there, there's actually three components that we look for in our new folks that we, we hire, and that, that could be a leader or just anyone that's working in the organization. The first one is character. Do, do they have the character qualities that will help us achieve the mission and the vision that we have? And then we look at, at how is their ability to relate with people, so that interpersonal relationship. Um, and then finally, we look at their ability to do things, you know, to perform well on tasks. So it's character, it's attitude, and it's aptitude. And I can tell you, we can teach people how to do things. So aptitude is a learned thing. But attitude is something that uh, is difficult to learn if it can be learned at all. So we really screen people heavily for character qualities and for attitude. So, Steve, I know you're really passionate about culture, especially the culture at Hancock Regional Hospital. So this is kind of a twofold question. When you think of culture, how do you define it? And then share with us the uniqueness of Hancock Regional's culture. So culture, in, in my mind, is really a way that we we define and characterize how we work together. So it's it's much about the relationships that we have. And we inculcate this within the organization by something that we call the patient's first behavioral commitment. And what we tell our folks and what we tell our the world at large is that if we really believe in our mission and vision, which, by the way, have one common word between them, and that is kindness. So if we believe in our mission, our vision, and our values, then there are certain ways that we will interact with each other and with our patients and with our communities. And so we have this patient's first behavioral commitment that has a list of things that we are committed to, and it, it is all about our interactions. And then we sign it. Every single person that is an associate or an employee of our organization signs it. It goes in their file. And then we hold each other accountable to those behaviors. Okay, so let's go a little bit deeper because accountability comes up a lot on the show. Give us some examples of what uh, positive accountability looks like from a tactical standpoint. Well, we, we've actually tried to, to build a system in, in-house. So we've done this in partnership with others. I, I will tell you that uh, we practice R&D here, which is rob and duplicate. <laughs> so we, we reach out and find the best practices around there. So one of the organizations we partnered with was the Studer Group, and we still work with them. And they're, they're big into healthcare performance improvement. And what we do is we've created a, an environment whereby we align our behaviors, our processes, and our outcomes. And we do that by setting a you know, basic on our mission, vision, and values, but we, we create a metrics board and we say, these are the various uh, things that we need to achieve better outcomes on. And then we roll that into what we call a leader evaluation management tool. So each manager has their own list of, of personal goals and they're really based on outcomes. It's not just a task, it's based on outcomes. And then under that, we have 90 day action plans. So we meet once a month. I meet with my VPs, they meet with their directors and their folks meet with their folks. And we have actually about 120 people in our organization that have a leader evaluation management plan in place in a system that we have developed so that we can drive that accountability. But I can tell you, and then I'll let you ask this follow-up question, I don't think accountability is really what this is all about. What is it all about? It is really about ownership. I think that uh, accountability is one thing, but that's people doing things because they feel like they have to. Ownership is people doing things because they want to, and they see the value of it. So I would use an example of rounding. So we do employee rounding, and that's where I round on my VPs, and they round on the directors, and they round on all their, their staff. And so we have a system in place whereby we, we round on folks. And accountability would be people saying, well, I better go round because we're going to keep track of it, and i got to make sure that I've, I've checked that box. But ownership is I really care about my people, and I want to know how they're doing. I want to know what they're doing, and I want to know what I can do to help them. 
two very different ways of looking at the same thing. So you talked about how it shows up when you have employees who are exuding ownership. Help us understand from your perspective, what are the key things that have to be at play in order for an employee to have the opportunity to be at that level? Well, again, this is why we hire for just the right kind of folks, because it it comes from that intrinsic sense of of ownership, that intrinsic sense that I, I have a part to play here. So we, we make sure that we hire for that. So it, again, it goes down to the attitude. It goes down to the character. But an example, like and this, this may seem a little bright, but it's real. It is the difference between a person that sees a piece of trash in the corner of a room or on the edge of a hallway and walks by it and says, well, I sure hope that the person whose job is to pick it up comes and picks that up. That compared to a person who says, wow, I really don't want our place to look like it's, it's not clean. So I'm going to stop and pick it up and throw it away. That's the difference. And that, that's kind of what we look for as we hire people are the ones that are going to reach down, pick it up and throw it away. The ones that are they're going to walk by a fellow associate or a, a visitor or a patient in the hallway and they're going to greet them every time. And they're going to say, good morning, good afternoon. How are you doing? That, that's the difference that, that we try to find. And that, I think, is not something that's really easy to teach. Right. It's got to go beyond accountability. It's got to go to ownership. Give a couple of examples of leaders who do inspiration of ownership among their team members well. I'll give you an example from my own career. And this is actually not about me. It's about one of my bosses, my mentor in healthcare 25 years ago. And it's not actually even a work thing, but I was building a house. My family and I built a house ourselves when I am big into using my hands to do things. And so we built a house. And as I was framing it up, my boss, who was a physician, very busy leader in academic medicine, came over to my place on a Saturday and he spent half a day cutting, cutting boards for my house. And I'll tell you what, uh, I was so impressed that he cared enough about me that he would take time out of his very, very busy schedule on a weekend to come and help me work on my house. And because he did that and he showed that he cared about me, my loyalty to him and my, my desire to do the things that we needed to do as an organization really were, were about him and his investment in me. I love that. Yeah. Just really building relationships and, and taking time to just have a personal connection and find out what really matters to that, that employee and just pour into that. Wow. What a, what a neat example that he left for you. There, there's a lot of research out there that, that tells us that there's really one thing that our employees really want to know from us. And that is that we know their name. That's going in the truth you can act on section for sure. Our key takeaways. <laughs> so let's um, dive into this mission, vision, values arena. Um, it seems like you all have created a, a mission that people follow at Hancock Regional Hospital. And a lot of times, I don't know if you've seen this before, I'm sure you have, you know, different places that employees work, like they, they have no clue what the mission is. It might be on the wall where they walk in every day, but they don't really know it. What are the components to building a mission that employees follow? Well, you know, what what you'll often hear from mission statements is that it it needs to describe why you exist. And I think that's very true. You know, there's the questions like, uh, why are we here? What do we do? How do we do it? Who do we do it for? Those are all very important parts of a mission statement. But we look at it a little differently. And that is, uh, what is the legacy that we as an organization want to leave? And, and I can tell you that that is exactly what I feel personally, too, because right at the top of my resume, I have my personal mission statement. And my personal mission is to listen learn and lead. And it's actually in that, in that order. So I think it is, how do we define the legacy that we want to leave? 
Great. I love that idea of a personal mission statement. I'm just going to go ahead and give everybody listening a challenge to get one of those for themselves. That's awesome. So um, when it comes to your executive team, talk to us about some tips. We hear a lot of leaders that struggle with leadership alignment. What have you found over, over your time that inspires that universal alignment across the key leaders of an organization? Well, I will tell you the first thing is you need to have the right people in the right seat. We, we talk about this you know, all the time, having the right people on the bus. It's a little bit of a crude way to put it, but it's true. If you don't have the right people there, then it's going to be very difficult to have them gel and to have them support the, the mission, vision, values of the organization. Beyond that, though, it, it really comes down to, to this idea that we really are in this together. We, we really are a family together. And so I care about them. They care about each other. They care about me. We, we all, we truly care about each other. And when you have that as a, as a foundation, and when you have the character qualities that are there, that the very next best thing that I've always found is, and it's trite, but it, it is true, which is hire people that are way smarter than you. So I am blessed. I have an executive team here that is extraordinary. I mean, they, they just go get the things done. And I get to sit back and, and talk about it. But I watch them work. I watch them work together. I watch them work with, with their directors. And they are aligned because we meet every week. So we have an executive team meeting that's uh, two hours a week every Tuesday morning. And we talk through all of the different things that we're working through to make sure that we are all aligned. doesn't mean that we're always. Things always, you know, fall through the cracks sometimes. But then I uh, personally meet with each of them on a, with a one-on-one meeting where we go through their particular uh, tasks and goals and objectives with that leader evaluation manager. We go through their particular items that they need my assistance with. And then we also take a piece of that time for our rounding where I ask them about their family and I ask them about how things are going because I really care about the fact that Rob built the palm. His grandsons are loving being on the boat on the palm. Those are the things that are, are really important. So when you were saying that you and the executive team meet once a week for two hours as a team, and then one-on-one, you're meeting one-on-one every week, or how often is that cadence? So the, the formal uh, rounding that I do with the VPs is actually once a month, but we talk informally, of course, all day, every day, depending on the, the particular issue that's, that's of concern. Okay. And um, maybe give a couple of tips. What have you found over time when it comes to successful structure or the focus of the outcome, like your primary focus, when you get those key leaders together, what are the, the things that you would suggest infusing into that time? Any, any key takeaways? And then one-on-one time, and I know you just shared a little bit of this, but go just a little bit deeper. What does a successful agenda look like for your one-on-one time spent with your direct reports to your leaders? Well, you know, the word you used is perfect, which is outcomes. So as we look at, at uh, our goals and our objectives, we try to program ourselves to looking at outcomes. So, for example, uh, have we seen a, a measurable improvement in patient safety? Have we seen an improvement in patient experience scores? Uh, and it's not about, hey, did I walk through the unit four times in the last week? That's an activity. Well, that activity may result in a positive outcome. But what we actually measure and what we hold ourselves accountable for are the outcomes. And we do that because we have built an incentive plan that is actually organization-wide. And we have both organization-wide incentive plans and we have department-level incentive plans. And they're also based on these outcomes. So we try to keep these firmly in mind. We look at our metrics board uh, regularly. Uh, There are pieces that that, pop to the top every week, but at least once a month, we take a very intentional uh, look at the metrics board and where we're at. 
Uh, and then we check our, our leader evaluation manager's uh, goals, and we look through that each month as well. And we especially pay a lot of attention to rounding. It is one of the few things that, that we have said we're measuring that's not an outcome, it's an actual activity, but we feel that rounding is foundational to the success as we move forward. So Steve, let's transition um, as we're kind of wrapping up the, the show here. I'd like for you to talk just a little bit more about the uniqueness of the culture, the components of the culture at Hancock Regional. What's your main focus as you continue to grow this extraordinary culture that's really attracting, retaining, and developing top talent? Well, you know, we, we have an unusual place in that we have an unofficial motto, which we might as well just make our official motto. But it, it is what a blessing it is to work in a place where we love people for a living. And it was coined by one of our chaplains here that worked in our hospice department. And, and that is really a great descriptor of who we are and what we're all about. You couple that with the idea that our mission and our vision both have the word kindness in it. In fact, the part of our, our vision is that we will be nationally recognized for kindness. So you, you begin to put all that together and say that is the foundation of what we want to have here. So when person walks in the door, what they see is that and what they feel is that. And I, I get these responses all the time from folks who say you just walk in the door here and it feels different than any other place that we can be. So we, we strive to say we need to grow. We need to, to adapt ourselves to the future. Uh, we need to, to do all of these things that are part and parcel of being a successful organization, but we cannot lose that culture of kindness. So I, I will tell you, our strategic plan is very simple. It's five words. It's Medicare gap, which is all about the idea that we have to grow. It's population health, which is all about the idea that in the future, we're going to be responsible for the health status of, of the people we care for, not just taking care of their current problem. And the last word is love, which is living our values every day. So Medicare gaps, population health and love. So we try to keep this idea uh, infused throughout everything that we do. And I think it's really successful because that is what we are known for. Any tips for how to best communicate messages around mission? What if, How do you guys ensure that, you know, from each location, each department, each team, that they're on the same page? Yeah, you bet. So at our all associate meeting, so once a quarter, we have uh, a meeting that all associates can come to. We have like nine or 10 different sessions that they can pick. And then at our executive team meetings, at our director meetings, at our board meetings, we always start off with a reading of our mission, our vision, and our values. And that keeps it right in front of people. And at our all associate meetings, when we read the mission, whoever reads it, they are the ones that we clap for. And it's a great experience. So we, we try to keep this in front of people all the time. We, of course, have them posted all over the walls. Uh, we have everything out there for people to see. And we, we really highlight because people have a hard time remembering a phrase. So the one thing that I want people to remember is kindness. And if they can remember kindness, then I'm good. I love that. So, Steve, thank you. You inspired a lot of CEOs today to uh, build stronger leadership teams with a very clear mission that inspires team members to ownership actions and ownership attitudes. It was really awesome. Let's take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor message today, and then we're going to come back and learn a little bit about the personal side of you with what we call our lightning round. We'll be right back. So in our efforts to launch this healthcare sub-series on Gut Plus Science, my why is Wambi. Wambi specializes in serving the industry that needs the most support, love, and gratitude, and that's healthcare. 
Together with Wambi, we will be building a community of people-first healthcare leaders and influencers to make a big positive impact on patient satisfaction and overall experience of patients and families, and also engagement of the very valuable healthcare workers in this world. So visit Wambi.org to learn more and hit me up. If you want to talk about the cool partnerships we're working on at Wambi, Nikki and I, KKI at Wambi, W-A-M-B-I.org. It'll be in the show notes too. And I am so grateful to be part of this team and part of this movement. Many cool things to come. All right, we've got Steve Long on Gut Plus Science today. What a great episode. And now we're diving into our lightning round where we can learn just a little bit more about Steve, the personal side. So Steve, first question for you. Favorite book or one you'd recommend to our listeners today? It's funny you should say that because we actually have identified four of our up and coming actually frontline folks, or they're just low-level supervisors that we're, that we're training in leadership. And so we're reading through a list of about 10 books. And the one that we just got done reading is Launching a Leadership Revolution by Woodward and Brady. And I'll tell you what, it is a wonderful book. And, and that is right at the top of mind for me right now. Wonderful. Can you say that title one more time? It is Launching a Leadership Revolution. Steve, what about a favorite vacation spot for you? Well, no, I'm unusual. Although I'm a hospital administrator and most of them golf, I'm not a golfer, but I was raised working on and building race cars. So one of my favorite places to vacation is actually where we live in Indianapolis. Yeah. How cool. Wonderful. So share with us uh, a favorite hobby when you're not working. Well, that would go back to building cars. <laughs> my dad and I have been building cars ever since I was a kid. And so he and I are in the business, sorry, not business, but the hobby of restoring cars and building hot rods and, and race cars. And so we, we currently have about four cars that we're working on. And that's what I do to, to kind of keep my sanity when I'm <laughs> not here at work. Wow. So like how many tracks have you visited? How many cars have you built? Is this like a, a crazy number? Oh, I would say that we've probably built together nearly 100 cars now over the years. Wow. Have been to boy, more tracks than I can remember. And the thing that I often think of in relation to the cars and the racing is how fast I've gone. And my, my fastest speed ever is 202 miles an hour. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Was that at a, an Indy? No, it was actually in a drag, drag car. So that was a, in a quarter mile, zero to 200 miles an hour. Wow. Incredible. All right, Steve, this was such an awesome episode. I'm sure that there's a number of people that would like to reach out, connect with you uh, a little bit further. So how can our listeners connect with you after the show? Well, I'll give you three ways. Uh, Number one, you can look me up on LinkedIn. I have an account there. You can also go to our website. It's HancockRegional.org, and there is a way that you can message me. But if you'd like to reach out directly, my email address is S-L-O-N-G, and then the number three, at HancockRegional.org. Steve, what a great episode. Thank you for sharing. Let me summarize some key takeaways into our section called The Truth You Can Act On. So listeners, this might be a great time to grab a pen, jot something down, or make a mental note on something you can take back and try in your organization. So number one, the key to hiring is to focus on character, attitude, and aptitude. You can train everything else. Number two, every leader has a visible metrics board for their team, and each team has unique goals and a 90-day action plan broken down into the right KPIs to track for individual and team clarity. I loved that one, and I think it helps all of us know exactly where we're going and where we play into the organization with the, the role and the goals that we have. And number three, do whatever you can to build employee ownership. So take some time in a quiet place to think, 
What are the things we can do to help employees feel like owners here? Reflect on that as an individual, just with some quiet time, and then block time to brainstorm on the same question with the entire leadership team. Then do new things and measure the impact regularly. The more that employees feel ownership, the higher the engagement and just the stronger the culture. So that's it for today. We'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.